Welcome to the Developing Leaders Impacting Kids podcast, a podcast all about sharing ideas, tips, and strategies to help you develop as a Kidman leader. Thanks for listening to today's episode, featuring a favorite presentation from one of our training experiences. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and institutes of children's ministry, visit our website, cogop.org slash children. This class is called Big Events, Special Days, and Traditions, so hopefully that's what you meant to come into. And we're going to look at just kind of a broad spectrum of how to see our, our annual events as well as our weekly ministries and to put some variety into them and make things sparkle for our kids. But most of all, to help us to think about how we organize our calendars and get those special events and those um, traditional special days into what we're doing throughout the year in our ministries. So let's start with a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. Lord, I thank you so much for each person in this room, and Father, for those who are in the other workshops right at this, at this moment. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way, and that you would speak through each leader. God, specifically, would you speak through me, and anything that I say that's not from you, that would just stay in this room. But, Lord, the things that would be important for us to hear or discuss or talk about today, Holy Spirit, have your way, please. So, Lord, we give you this hour. We thank you and we love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit confused about what you have in your hands. Margaret, I think, already showed me, but I'm going to read the very top of it along with you, just to set sort of the foundation of what we're talking about today. Regular ministries are the foundation of children's ministry calendar Excuse me, regular weekly ministries are the foundation of a children's ministry calendar and ensures ongoing discipleship. However, a huge draw for your kids and their friends is your ability to say, there is no such thing as a typical Sunday, Wednesday, season, whatever, in our children's ministry. And that's why special events, theme days, and traditions are so important. Hopefully, this workshop is full of tips and ideas for special event success that you can put into play immediately. So I'm going to just sort of give you a backdrop as to what in the world my thinking is about this workshop and how I began organizing my ministry calendar to make some sense to me. So I began to look at my children's church service. Now I'm just talking about a Sunday morning worship service for kids as a big sheet of paper. Okay. So you can see that right up here. That's just a big piece of paper. And I folded it into four columns for four Sundays in a month. And I just randomly put down different methods in each one of those columns. So let me show you. Each one of these columns, in my mind, as I was learning how to organize my ministry, is a week of a month in our children's church. And I said, all right, how can I tell the Bible story, bring God's word to kids this week. And I just randomly put some stuff across each week that I knew I could do. I could do something with a puppet skit. We could do a drama skit. I could just tell a Bible story. There might be a video for that Bible story. And I was trying to ensure variety in our children's church. Now, if you use curriculum, curriculum's going to give you variety, but if you're trying to put something together that's your own or it's unique for your setting or you like to write your own, this is kind of how I, I began my thought process that I wanted something unique each week. Then I said, all right, say another portion of our children's church 
is going to be learning God's word, memorizing God's word. What are four different ways that I know that I could teach kids God's word and, and memorize scripture? So you see some easy ways here. Erase a word, repeat the leader, maybe there's a scripture song, or learning some motions that we could learn that scripture. And then what can we do for uh, a response time or a time to consider God's word and how can we get it deep into the kids' hearts? So... Here's four things that I thought of. Maybe a responsive reading to be a, a closing prayer. Um, prayer at the chair. I call that prayer at the chair is when kids kneel, basically is what I meant by that. Prayer for a partner. Maybe kids get in partners or small groups and pray for one another. Or a small group kind of discussion and prayer together. And then all that, let's say, you know, an hour has passed and it's time maybe to close out. We're going to do a review game. So what are some different games that I know that we could use to review the lesson and the Bible memory and the scripture for the day? So this is how I very, very, at the very beginning of doing children's ministry, began to look at how to put variety into the weekly ministry. And like I said, I looked at children's ministry as a piece of paper that I folded up. Does that make sense to you guys just as a beginning? Okay, that's all I'm trying to say is because I'm going to kind of use that piece of paper analogy um, throughout this workshop today to help us understand how can we look at our, our church calendar, our children's ministry calendar, and put some variety that's going to be exciting and fun for the kids from week to week. So what does God's word even say about any of this stuff, about special events and big days and variety and connecting with God in different ways? Well, several times a year, the Israelites, as you know, would gather together for festivals. In Leviticus 23, God's word says, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. And during those festivals and assemblies, the people would get before the Lord. They worshiped and they sang and they danced. They confessed their sin. But they also hung out together. They had fun together. The festivals and holidays a lot of times was when um, people got back together that they hadn't seen for a whole year. Cousins got to hang out together, see grandparents who maybe lived at a distance. And the whole community of faith would gather together to celebrate God, but to enjoy one another as well. And I think in our children's ministries, I think this is an important point that we can glean from God's Word, that when we get together, it's not just, we're not just in school, it's not just a classroom, but it's a time to celebrate God and what he's been doing and for kids to develop relationships with one another. So I, I would just encourage you today that we need to incorporate the spirit of those biblical festivals into our children's ministry and make it not just fun, but a celebration whenever our kids get together. All right, so we already talked about looking at our children's ministry as a folded piece of paper, but we're going to get a little bit deeper into that. I look at my children's ministry annual calendar in a couple of different ways, um, but the, the simplest way to look at our calendar is the two big natural themes that we have. You see, we still have a piece of paper. Now it's just folded in half. This is a lot easier. And so what are the two main parts of the year? The school year and the summer. And just depending on your setting, your volunteers, your budget, your space, your... Um, are you full-time? Are you bivocational? Are you volunteer? All those factors come into how much can you actually provide for your kids and what's reasonable. So if this is kind of one of the simplest ways to look at our, our year is just the school year as well as the summer. Now, I always look at 
our events in um, that there's three specific events that we do in any part of the year or as, as we go into this a little bit further, you'll see how I divide my year. But if you were going to divide your year into these two broad themes, the school year and um, the summer, I always look at three different parts, or excuse me, three different kinds of events that we're going to always do. So in the school year, if all I can manage is three events, then these are the three events I'm going to do. We're going to do something that's an outreach-oriented event. So kids are actually serving God, doing something in an outreach mode. We're going to do something that's just plain old fun. I, sometimes I call these fun events a fishing pond event. I just want something big and fun that can be a fishing pond where we can draw kids who don't know the Lord or are not churched. We can draw them because we're having this big fun event, make a relationship with them, and hopefully fish for them or make a relationship with them through that event. And then I also like to have what I call celebration events or events that would be more ministry or spiritual in, in kind of their point and the purpose of them. So in this broad example, I would take my school, school year and I'd uh, have three of those events, and then in the summer I would do the same thing as well. The summer and school year kind of flows nicely for families. During the school year, our families are so busy. If the church makes our families even busier, sometimes it works against us a little bit. So I think we need to look at our families' times. And also, if you just do a minimum number of, of events, it can provide for recognized breaks, and you're not overdoing yourself. Now, besides having three big events in the school year, I would also plan for things around Christmas and Easter as well, because those are our big holidays and our big events in our church ministry. So let me give you some examples of what we might do if we're going to just do three big events in these special days and holidays and so forth. Um, a ministry event, excuse me, let me go back. Maybe here's, our, here's the theme. Maybe our theme for the school year or maybe in what we're teaching in our children's church or children's uh, Wednesday night programs, maybe we're looking at the Ten Commandments and the two great commandments that the Lord gave related to that. So we're studying the Ten Commandments, and then we're also looking at to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So I would use these three events to enhance that, uh, that teaching and that biblical foundation. So for a ministry event, the ministry event for that season might be a friend day, inviting friends to church, making that day be a big, uh, fun and exciting day, have some prizes for people who bring the most friends, have a big event, a luncheon, a, a big fun carnival type thing after church. Whatever it is, the ministry event would be bringing kids to church and helping your kids understand this is your opportunity to bring your unsaved friends, invite them to church, and we're going to help them hear about Jesus and give them an opportunity to receive him. All right, during that same season, you're still doing the Ten Commandments, you're still doing the Love Your Neighbor as Yourself theme. So maybe a service project could be a Love Your Neighbor service project, whatever that would work out for you. Um, a park cleanup, a nursing home visit, free donuts on Saturday morning for the people at, at Walmart parking lot, um, free hot dogs at the local grocery store, free car washes. What could you do to love the neighbors in your community? So this, kids will come out for anything that sounds exciting and their friends are going to be there, but we're also teaching them to serve and to get outside of the four walls of their church. So you've done two events. One, a ministry event. We're getting kids into the church. Secondly, you're going to plan a service project to help love your, your neighbors. And then a just-for-fun event, a fishing pond type event. 
could be something that's related around the holidays that you, you're already celebrating. It could be a, we're going to love our neighbor's Valentine's event. It could be around holidays like Mother's Day and Father's Day that we're going to honor and show love to our moms and dads. Um, or it could just be a fun event where your families just go roller skating or you all meet at the park and have a cookout. So, again, in this model where you're, you're, you divide your year into two halves, a ministry event, a service project, and a just for fun is exactly what I would do twice a year, those three events. That's not an overwhelming schedule for a leader, especially if you happen to be a volunteer leader or a part-time leader, and it's not overwhelming to families either. And it helps you organize your strategy and keeps you kind of on, focused on, on one direction. Now, if you, if you are in a situation where you've got a pretty good volunteer staff, you have got some resources, you've got some teams of people that can help, you can get a little bit more um, aggressive with your calendar and with your schedule of special events. So I have known a few people through the years, myself included a little bit, who actually do events at every holiday literally almost every holiday, and will do a lot of their ministry teaching as related to the holidays. So, for example, you might look at doing a special event, small or large, around any of these uh, holidays, New Year's, Martin Luther King's birthday, Valentine's Day, Easter, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, Columbus Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I didn't mention Halloween, but you know, typically people will put fall festivals in that um, schedule as well. Now, that almost seems overwhelming. Oh my goodness, we can't do an event for every single one of those. But if you will incorporate some of your teaching, whether it be your midweek or Sunday school teaching or your children's church related to these holidays, so many of these holidays have got a biblical basis. And it's not really unusual for children to be taught using all those holidays. Think about elementary school. In elementary school, if it's Columbus Day coming up, what are they doing? They're doing a spelling worksheet about Columbus. They're doing a craft project about Columbus. They're doing a group a classroom project about Columbus. The bulletin board is Columbus. Everything they take home is about Columbus. They're going to go on a field trip about Columbus. And that's how schools kind of get through their school year. And then they use their teaching methods around those holidays. Because kids are already uh, learning and hearing so much of that in school, when churches pair up with that, there's actually a strength that can happen there when we teach biblically about some of these holidays. In between our national and, and maybe state holidays, then you can also insert biblical holidays in order, the order that they come in the calendar. So we would have right now just been teaching the, the fall holidays that just Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the ones that we've just had right now, in between our um, secular holidays. But if you look at these, Valentine's Day, for example, is a, is a holiday of love. We don't have to teach specifically about St. Valentine, but we can sure teach about God's love and use a Valentine theme. Um, Memorial Day, you know, that's not necessarily anything biblical, but honoring those who have given their lives for our country and honoring even biblical forefathers who have gone before us. There's some rich teaching there. So pairing teaching with holidays and then doing events that go along with the holidays, it's a little bit more aggressive in your calendaring, but it's really rich, and children really respond to holidays, and they really love their friends to be involved with them as well. So that the annual holiday 
schedule and idea is another way to approach your children's ministry annual calendar in the year. Now, backing up from that, not quite so aggressive, is looking at your um, children's ministry year in the four seasons. Look at the, at the calendar in, in the four seasons, fall, winter, spring, and summer. And put your, if you're going to do my suggestion of having three events, a ministry event, an outreach event, and a just-for-fun event, do three of those in, in each season. And just exactly what we said a minute ago. Think through what is it that we're wanting our kids to do um, in an outreach mode, what, we're, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to reach little bitty kids? We, we don't have very many first and second graders this year. Let's do some fun events that are going to be specifically geared towards those younger kids. Um, what's a ministry event that would be a good event for us to have? Is it a prayer night for kids? Is it something around related to your missionaries that your church sponsors and supports? Do you need a time that you just really need to sit down and help kids um, be presented with the gospel and, and let's see you know, what the Lord would do and how many children would be saved? So what, what kind of ministry events are needed in your church environment and then plan them and do them and be a leader in the children's ministry to see what God might do to bring new families into your church through these special events that you're doing. Now me personally, the way that I look at my calendar is, oh, let's see, what are we going to do this time? What are we going to do this year? I, I don't like to do the exact same thing um, all the time. But you can, all these things that I'm talking about with that bolded piece of paper is sort of a growth over a period of many, many, many years for me of how to approach in a um, systematic way our annual calendar with our kids to not burn out our families, not burn out our volunteers, but to make some sense so that people understand what's coming up and, and the things that are important for them to be involved with. I usually do a custom theme, and th this is what I've been doing for many years now. I don't really do the seasonal approach. I do kind of more um, sections of the year and put these three types of events in each one of the sections. So the first one for me is the back-to-school season. The back-to-school season. There's, there's a lot to that season, isn't there? There's, that begins with closing out your summer. You know, that I don't know what you guys are like or what you do in the summer, but we're pretty jam-packed, and we do a lot, we got a lot going in the summer. And so as we close out that summer and we begin to uh, go forward into the school year, there's a lot that needs to be done. So for us, for example, um, we try to always start the school year off with a bang, with a teaser of what's coming up, and uh, maybe thematically let kids know this fall season, this is our theme. And again, we'll have a, an opening fun event, we'll have a ministry project, a service event. And some of the things that we might do here at the beginning of the school year is we'll have an event called a taste of, it might be a taste of Wednesday nights. How many of you still have midweek services and classes? So, okay. You know, sometimes I'm in groups and churches aren't doing that much anymore, but I'm glad you are. I think it's an important part of our week. We do that as well. Maybe we'll have a taste of Wednesday nights so that parents can come to this event, kids can come to this event, and we'll do games, fun, a little bit of teaching, hand out brochures, information sheets, so that kids and parents can get excited about what's coming up in the fall. 
you know, what is my first grader going to get to do? What about my fifth grader? Is he going to still like being in the children's ministry? What's happening in the preschool department? And so we'll take classrooms and uh, folks can walk around from room to room to room and get a little taste of, sort of like a kid's open house, of what their children can look forward to on Wednesday night or Sunday mornings or for um, our kids' choir for the season or whatever. I like to do anything that I call a kickoff will many times have a football theme. So it's the kickoff for the fall, and kids can dress up in football or cheerleading outfits when we do a football theme. Um, the last couple of years, just I don't know how I really got started on this, but our opening event that gets kids excited to get back for Wednesday nights, we call, I think we started calling it F3. This past year it was F5. Sometimes it's called F4. And it's just a bunch of F words. Fall, fall, fun, friendship, food, festival, frenzy. That was about seven right there. We might do that seven next year. And then those four or three or five or seven things is what the kids know that they're going to get to do. So we'll have inflatables and our playgrounds open and we'll have food and have friendship um, games, prizes, and then a message from God's Word um, helping kids understand what the importance of this fall season is going to be for them. This is a night that we ask kids to bring friends, and so this is a sort of a fishing pond event for us, and we have pretty big attendance at these F4, F7, F3 events um, because we try to start the season off with a bang, and so that's one of the fun events coming up. In the fall, we'll also have retreats for our older kids. We'll um, kick off our ministry teams so whether that be our kids' praise and worship team, a puppet team, a sign language team, all those kinds of ministry teams we kick off right here in the fall. We also usually have an event called Goodbye Summer, Hello Fall. And that Goodbye Summer part is giving out awards or watching a slideshow or a video or a recap of what we've done in the summer and then kicking off the exciting things that will be coming up in the fall. On that Goodbye Summer, Hello Fall night, what I also usually do is... I'll take all the volunteers who serve with us in our large summer events, our summer camp, our performing arts camp, our vacation Bible school, our preteen mission trip. I bring all those people back together who aren't really so much involved in the weekly ministries, but they're involved in our bigger summer events. And we have an event for them called Remember and Celebrate, kind of based on the biblical feasts idea that we pause and we remember what God did for us over the summer and we celebrate that. Celebrate it with fun, with pictures, with video, with testimonies. But I really try to affirm those summer volunteers who really, really invested themselves in those big events. And I, I like us to always stop at the end of these big special events or at the end of that season and pause and remember what God has done. I don't know what you guys are like, but I went through many years of, whew, we got the kids' Christmas musical down. Now we got to get going on something else. Okay, now we did this Easter thing. Now we got to get going on something else. And we'd never really stop and thank the Lord and hear the testimonies and consider the changed lives and what God had done as we poured out and then He poured back into us. And so I think that's an important part, whether it's for your children or for the adults only, that we always pause and celebrate at the end of any part of a season or ministry event season. Um, all right, so back to school. I know I just said all sorts of stuff right there, but back to school season. 
for me goes right before school starts until just, just about now, maybe about two weeks ago, I felt like I was just about through the back to, back to school time. Um, one other thing that we do uh, here is we also, for our, our fifth graders going up into sixth grade, the top end of my ministry is fifth grade, we have our middle school pastor come for four weeks into our first hour on Sunday, and he teaches them some classes that we call gateway classes that helps kind of open the gate for them going up into middle school. So their last four weeks with us in children's church at the end of the summer in this lead-up to back to school, he's helping with them, and then we have a fifth-grade graduation to close that door for them, and then when the new door opens, they're in middle school. We do a pre-K party for five-year-olds going up into kindergarten right here at this time of the year, too, where we give them a first Bible. And with that first Bible, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but we have devotions, and we have the moms and dads and their child sit down, and we're, we have a luncheon, so we're like at a little banquet setting. We have them sit down with their child with that new Bible, and we have family devotions and family groups all over our reception hall just to help moms and dads begin to think about, hopefully they've already been having family devotions, but if not, right here with their child's first Bible, we're giving them a model and some resources for them to begin having family devotions using that child's first Bible. So that's a lot of stuff to say. That is back to school, that whole season right there, besides getting all of our classes back in order. Then, right around now, right around the middle of September or so, I begin to say it's the holiday approach. <laughs> the exciting and dreaded holiday approach. <laughs> so for us, it's the big thing for us is kicking off our Christmas musical. Do you guys do Christmas musicals in your churches with kids? Mm -hmm. So I love, 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 love doing kids' musicals. I am not musical. I'm the least musical person on the planet, but I love the tool and all the things that God can do for families and your leaders and your kids in working that, on that project together. But the approach to that season has got a lot involved with it. So while you're, while you're starting that, going towards the holidays, let me just say some of the things that you might consider or think about. is First of all, your fall events. So for you might do a family event. A tailgating party and a family cookout. We did one a couple years ago where we also pulled out some flat screen TVs because we knew all the dads were going to want to watch the Falcons football game that day. So sure enough, all the dads were just hunkered around those TVs and we had the kids playing games and then the moms were all chatting. That is not my favorite um, model of ministry, but you know, it's a fun way for people to get together and make friends and hopefully kids making friends together that's going to turn into church attendance and ministry opportunities. Um, I have never done this, but I'm going to just say it because I want to do it, is a pumpkin roll. And as soon as I get a chance to do a pumpkin roll, we are doing a pumpkin roll. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> if you you got to find a hill. So if you have a hill somewhere around you. We have good hills in our church parking lot and we're going to do this. But And then... Families pay for the pumpkin. And now it can be a dollar if, if you just want to recover some costs, or it can be $30 or whatever it can, because it can be a fundraiser. It can be a fundraiser for your missionaries. It can be a fundraiser for your children's ministry. You know, hopefully you can get some pumpkins donated. And that family, or all the kids in that family, however many pumpkins that they've bought, everybody stands at the top of the hill, and they literally just let their pumpkins go, give them a push, let their pumpkins go, and go down the hill 
And then eventually the pumpkins are going to smash into the tree or a big rock down at the end or they're just going to roll all the way out to the end of your parking lot, maybe out into the street. And whichever pumpkin goes the furthest, that's the prize winner. You can decorate the pumpkins. You know, all the red pumpkins are the five-year-olds. All these pumpkins are the so-and-so age group. These pumpkins belong to this family. You know, put your own creativity on it. Um, and it can be lots of fun, but it can also be a fundraiser. So it could be the end of your family cookout that you're going to end with the, with the pumpkin roll. Churches who do this, it's become kind of a big event that they end up getting community attention from. And it can be a really win-win for the church. Um, also, uh, we will do Friends and Family Day where our, we ask our kids to invite friends to come. And then after church, we'll do a big kind of like what you would say is a festival with inflatables and games and hot dogs or sometimes we brought food vendors in. And it's just a fun day for our families to bring their families to church and we provide free lunch and free fun for them and their kids. And the fall season seems to lend itself really well to that. This year, we're doing something our children's ministry and our student ministry has partnered together. We're kind of a de facto family ministry in our church. Our church does not have a family ministry department, so the two of us have um, come together to do some big family events. And we, this year, are doing a 5K and then a kid's fun run to raise money for orphans around the world. And 25 orphanages are going to benefit from this. So I'm telling you what, we are pulling out the stops. We're having training days and kids making teams and we've challenged kids for some fundraising goals and so on and so forth. But the fall or the spring is a good time because the weather uh, is still nice to do that. And we're very excited about that for part of our fall big events. And then, of course, alternative Halloween events, like we mentioned a minute ago. Again, I'm still talking about the holiday approach, so we're kind of getting the fall, Halloween time. Thanksgiving, we usually do one of two things, or, or both. For a service project, our, our church collects canned goods and a list of Thanksgiving foods. I'm sure your church does something similar. But our children's ministry does all the packing of that food. We, we took that on several years ago. So we'll come out for a night where families get together. And, you know, kids just go up and down the row, getting a can of corn, a can of green beans, putting them in the right boxes. We seal them up, write notes for, them, uh, for the families who are going to receive the boxes, pray over them. And it's a fun night, but it's a great ministry service project outreach night as well. Um, just for fun around Thanksgiving, one of the things that we do is we have what we call a turkey gobble. Usually with, with the kids, we do it on a Wednesday night. And we'll assign this grade to bring this kind of food. You're going to bring the rolls. This grade's going to bring, grade's going to bring the desserts. This grade's going to bring the vegetables or whatever. And we'll provide turkey and ham and um, all the paper goods. And the kids just have a giant Thanksgiving meal together. And we might, on, on that specific time. In fact, we're kind of in the middle of this right now. We might color placemats to give to, for example, this is what we're, we are doing right now, to give to um, women in a women's prison so that they'll have placemats at Thanksgiving. Or we might um, make little craft projects that we set out on our tables, but then when those tables, after the turkey gobble, then we'll go and bring them to our local food pantry so that they can put them in boxes that they might give out. So we try to pair fun and ministry projects all at the same time. And then, of course, Christmas. Um, if you're in your Christmas musical season, I mean, enough said about that. That kind of, over <laughs> kind of overwhelms everything. But... Here's how I see a Christmas musical. A 
couple things. One, you're helping kids discover gifts and talents that they didn't know they already had. You're helping children um, present themselves. It's almost like this. It's like the children's choir. We're all on this sinking ship together. We've got to paddle together so we can get to the other shore. Do you know what I mean? And there's a team building that happens amongst the kids and the adults who work on that project together. But then, the end standing on that stage, singing that music, acting out, doing the drama, I feel like kids are given an opportunity to tell a Jesus story that they don't really have the vocabulary to tell themselves. So the music and the drama and the scripture that's contained in that musical, we're giving kids words to share a message, a gospel message about Jesus. And so we're real strong on making sure that our kids are inviting friends from their neighborhood, their class, their teacher, their extended family, you know, grandparents and cousins and so forth. But because, not because they're acting so well or because they're such a great singer, but because they're telling a Jesus story. And so it becomes a strong ministry activity for them. Um, also, at Christmas time, um, of course, it's a great time to have Christmas parties and so forth and to have just fun events, fun Christmas events, fun outings for your kids. But one thing that we like to do is have a family celebration. And how we've done it the last couple of years is a family breakfast. And families will come together. This past year, we had um, kids decorate their dads as a Christmas tree. So here stood dad, and the kids decorated them. We took funny pictures and posted them up and emailed the pictures to them. Um, they made... Uh, crafts around their tables. We had kind of banquet-style table, but they made uh, paper chains, and on the paper chains we had already pre-printed different scriptures that were prophetic scriptures about the coming of Jesus and his birth, and so uh, I can't remember how many days it was before Christmas, but let's say it was 20 days before Christmas. We had 20 loops on that paper chain, and then they went home and used it as an advent calendar to cut those loops off and read those prophetic scriptures about Jesus' birth before, you know, as December went through. Um, and then we also like to use that time, because we had a lot of guests at events like that, use that time to explain why the birth of Jesus is so important. Not just that he was born as a baby, but to really help people understand um, how, how Jesus' birth impacts their lives and how they can give their lives to the Messiah who was born on Christmas. So anyways, family celebrations, uh, Christmas parties, just for fun, as well as any kind of typical outings that you do. One of the things that we like to do with our kids at Christmas time, I don't know if you have this anywhere near you, but a lot of churches, not ours, but a lot of churches do those um, nativity walkthroughs. Do you know what I mean? Do you have that in your area? I think those are really, really strong. I wish I had thought of that. I wish I was doing that. <laughs> But I'll just take advantage of someone else's. I think that's a really strong, interactive experience for children so that they can understand a little bit better what it really was like for Mary and Joseph, what it would have been like um, if all of a sudden these shepherds are coming in from the fields and they're worshiping the Christ child and Mary and Joseph you know, didn't really even understand exactly what was happening. So we like to do those sort of events that have got a, a ministry component as well. Um, and then also just uh, do some fun events. And then for that, this holiday approach here, outreach or service projects, one of the things that we like to do is take offering um, as related to our kids' Christmas musical rehearsals. We take special offerings for um, uh, an identified Christmas project, someone to receive a special Christmas offering from us. 
Um, but also we try to collect items that we can deliver somewhere as well, whether it be scarves and gloves or um, write cards for people in the nursing home, so on and so forth. Then we'll take our oldest kids, our fourth and fifth graders, to deliver those items. And the money that we have collected, that we can make a donation to that ministry or we can help a family in need and, and buy the gifts that they need. So the money and the collecting, we usually have our oldest kids then take another step and go actually interface in with that ministry or with that family. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and institutes of children's ministry, visit our website, cogop.org children.